This is a car show, but it's also more, because cars connect us to every part of our lives. Families, careers, hobbies, and adventures we never expected. So you should have a car you love, and we're here to help. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. Did you notice uh, we took a Prius on track and we drove it really hard? And I have to say, one of the things that's the most fun about a moment like that is seeing how much you can use full throttle, like where your calf hurts the next day because you were pressing on the accelerator pedal so hard, that kind of full throttle, all of it. I thought you were going to say something about the fear in the eyes of your competitors. Wait, no, no I'm in a Prius. No, no, that didn't happen. Dang it. Yeah. There's fear in my eyes for taking... <laughs> the flag guy looks at you really weird when you enter the track. <laughs> exactly. That is now playing on our original channel, Suprius. It's a Prius on a track. Suprius. <laughs> oh, we had fun. Check that out. The Prius has now gone away. It is out of our lives. That mm -hmm. was the last thing that we got done with it. Yeah, it was very fun. But stick with the whole video. Stick through all the way to the end. I'm just saying. We just have fun. That There's out there. good stuff for sure. Also, we've got to talk about plans for 2024, mm -hmm. specifically our pilgrimage trip for 2024. Guess what? We're going back. We're going back, We're baby. going back to the Ring and Spa, that trip we typically do every year. We are going to go back again this year. We don't have all the details yet. Hopefully, sign-up will be sometime by the end of February. We're working on all of that stuff behind the scenes. So we can get it up on its feet. You guys can register. But I wanted you guys to know potential dates. I can't even give you the beginning and end date yet, but I know it's going to cover Father's Day weekend. So middle of June, start looking at your calendar, thinking about what you want to do. Honey, this year for Father's Day, <laughs> I was gonna say. I'd like to do this. That will be Father's Day weekend, June 2024. So mm -hmm. That will be on our site, everydaydriver.com. Yep. And go under the Adventures tab to find out more details. Many of you have written to us asking when the dates will be. And there they are. So here it is. But mm -hmm. also keep an eye on that site. Uh, we will also continue to talk about it because we're already excited. Just the Absolutely. fact that we've got yeah. something, mm -hmm. you know, we threw a dart. There's the dates. They know we're coming. That works. The, the other side of the Atlantic knows we're coming. It's yes. going to be awesome. One bit of news we should talk about right up front because we came across it this week. I don't know if you guys saw this as well. Sports car purchasing is very interesting for this past year because it's the start of a new year. Everybody's reviewing the year behind us, right? In 2023, in spite of adding a manual, which, by the way, is one of the best manual transmissions being sold right now. I'm going out there and putting it there. The Supra, the sales of the Supra were down 50% in 2023. That's, okay. That really surprises me. Okay. Because you would have thought the manual, at least I would have thought the manual would have given it a bigger jump. Now, obviously, I mean, all the of these. manual sold, but at a lower level overall. Just in general, they sold, sold half as many not. Supras as the year before. Now, of course, interest rates have gone nuts, so that's changed a lot of things. So I initially thought that was the issue until I read the counter article, which is the ND Miata sales were up 50%. What I like about it's like this, we talk about Miatas. <laughs> what we like, ass, we talk about Miatas. Supers too, though. I mean, the thing I like <laughs> yeah, about this true. is this just shows to me that sports car buyers are out there. I also really like that the Miata sales are up because this is not a powerful car. It's also not an expensive car. I like that an inexpensive sports car that's not super powerful with bragging right. You are not going to brag to anybody about the horsepower of your Miata. But 50% more people bought one last year than the year before. And the GR86 yeah. was only down like 5 or 6%, which means the, the, the fall off you would expect in year two when they're a little more available was almost none. 
I'm going to play Spin Doctor, and that Please. is Toyota. When they announced the GR Supra, mm-hmm. they mentioned they were never expecting huge sales of True. this car. No, that's the reason it survived is because it's met whatever Toyota's parameters were. They yeah. haven't told us, but it's met it's those parameters. It's never meant to be a Camry, a Corolla, or a no, volume no, model. No. I like that they've sold a lot of them. I like that people have discovered the Supra. But yeah, it kind of makes it a bit rare. But on the mm-hmm. other hand, Porsche mm-hmm. doesn't sell very many Caymans in comparison. It's like True, fair. Maybe 12,000 something. I've seen uh, various figures quoted in the Panorama magazine mm. from PCA. They've had them in the past, you know, 8,000 this year, 9,000 this year. It's gone up to 14. I've seen it bounce around when they published the actual produced and sold numbers. Mm. I mean, Cayman's not a volume seller for Porsche either. True, very true, yeah. But then over here, it almost is like, Mazda is expected to sell a lot of Miatas. What's more, the NA Miatas are about 30 years old, 30 plus years old now. <laughs> Don't know now. if you've done the math, but those are not recent cars. Yeah. Well, that just means the ones that are sold now are continually going to be driven That's and raced point. for the next 30 years or That's longer. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. There's potential for people to be driving and racing 60-year-old Miatas then. Oh, you've got you've got the NG model. Huh? So so hang on. What What is... Nice what? NA, nice NB. That's a 50-year-old Miata. Genuine question. <laughs> and somebody's going to answer this, and you may know the answer, Paul. Are the original early first-gen Miatas old enough to run a classic series at Laguna? And how long till that happens? I'd have to look into the Because they'd be more than 25 years old. Where's the yeah, dividing that's, line? that's just for emissions when, and uh, but, but, licensing purposes. But I'm very curious about when are we starting to see a, an NA Miata series that is considered a classic racing series because we're getting there. We really are. That's interesting. I like that sports cars of any kind are being sold, but the Miata is proving to other car manufacturers that it is lucrative to build a sports car that's fun and inexpensive and lightweight and great to drive. There is a business case to be made for building and conceiving Mm -hmm. and making these beautiful sports cars. Even though, yeah, the Super isn't, you know, a huge volume seller. No, I'm surprised it saw that much of a drop last year, especially with the introduction of the manual. I'm just pleased to see that the 86 didn't drop much and that the Miata grew. I love that. I like yeah. more Miata buyers is actually a, a win, especially since you and I can't fit. Somebody needs to buy them. <laughs> Somebody, please buy these. Keep buying them. We're excited to announce a new partnership with Battery Tender. If you park your car for any length of time, you need it to start. The last thing you want is to hear that labored whine of a dead battery. That's why you need a battery tender battery charger to properly maintain your battery in your vehicle, give it a long life, and quick starts every time. We're already customers. We use battery tender battery chargers on all our cars year-round and especially through the snowy winter months here in Park City. Since 1965, Deltran Battery Tender has been the leader in battery chargers. Their BTP microprocessor technology and quick connect convenience automatically maintains the batteries in all of your vehicles. Lead acid, AGM, or lithium. Keep your batteries in top condition. Visit BatteryTender.com to find the right product for you, including battery chargers, jump starters, inverters, and more. Plus, as our listeners, you can use the code EVERYDAY to get 10% off your order at BatteryTender.com. Why do our cars have to be special? Asks our friend Kareem. Mm. He's totally lost after owning 75 plus cars. <laughs> Kareem's been with us for a long time. And I think when we when we last actually talked about him, he actually wrote in and he, he was on car like 50 something. And now he writes us to say he's done 75 plus. You and I thought we had the disease and we're trading cars out a lot, but apparently we have much to learn from Kareem. <laughs> much to learn. Yes, yeah. we do. Typically, Kareem has a list of cars that he wants. But right now he's drawing a blank and getting to the point of giving up Mm. and getting a used Model S or a Camry. So I'm just going to theorize for a second. 
with, with my friend Paul about you, our friend Kareem, who's just been with us for a long, long time. We've never actually met him, but it'd be interesting to meet him at some point to talk about this in person. If he really went and bought himself a Camry, how fast do we think he'd buy something else? <laughs> Not because the Camry's a bad car. GR Camry? But but because he's owned so many performance icons. If he throws in the towel and buys a Camry, I would love to see the stopwatch on top of that car for how long until he just goes, no, I got to have something. Kareem, I liked your email. Thank you for writing. Really yeah. appreciate how long you've been with us. And you've sent us many emails over the years. But I liked your email because I feel like your predicament is speaking not just to you, mm. but there's many people out there mm -hmm. who feel just like you. Mm -hmm. You've had 50 cars in your life, 20, whatever the number is, you've had a lot yeah. and you're ready to throw in the towel. So if this is you listening, just know there's, there's many of you out there. <laughs> Solidarity. <laughs> I don't know. I like that it speaks to more than just your issue. And it is an issue because the car disease is real. The disease is so real. By the way, my brother-in-law has bought another Saab. Just he, in case you were wait, all wondering. he bought another Saab? He bought another Saab. Saab number four. How many do they currently have, including this one he just bought? Well, they had three. Then Turby. Turby. Turby, because it was a turbocharged oh, car. Oh, no. Okay. So Turby went away because mm -hmm. Turby's transmission died. Mm -hmm. And so they sent it down to a guy in Oregon who either will put parts on a Carlson or turn it back into a running and operating car Okay. and found this new one, which is a nine, three sport combi, the wagon manual wagon in red in Anchorage, Alaska. Those are very cool. They're very cool and quite rare from yeah, what I understand. Yeah. So he bought it for a <laughs> course good price. Actually, <laughs> it's being shipped as we record this. He knows there's other car brands, right? There's other car brands. He's, he's aware. I mean, I'm glad that he likes hey, it. Hey, genuinely glad that you that could got say him the into same cars. thing to me. You're right. Hey, you're, Porsche you're right. guy. Totally. You know, there's other car brands out there. Yes, right? that's fair. I that's could fair. be accused of the same thing. So I, I understand the disease. And Kareem, I'm just wondering after you've owned 25 BMWs, four Corvettes, three street Miatas, six Porsches, mm. a gaggle of Volkswagens and a few other things. Also 10 road racing cars. Like oh my gosh. Cars. Okay. All right. He's wondering what to do. Okay. Model S or a Camry. <laughs> he recently sold his F80 M3, which was awesome, but not special. I think it's interesting that both of those are in the same sentence. It was awesome, but not special. Hmm. Fascinating. Okay. So he decided to actually kind of the, the middle ground of should I buy a Camry or a Model S, which both of those are excellent cars. He said he just decided to go complete off into the weeds, literally, actually, because he bought a first gen Ford F-150 Raptor with the 6.2 V8. Yeah, because he'd never had <laughs> anything like it ever. And he thought, OK, totally different, something completely new. I've never been an off-roader. I'm going to take me, my whole family of five, off-roading because I've always wanted to do that. And then, he already bought the Raptor, by the way, when he discovered this, he discovered that all of the good off-roading places within his area of Chicago are actually only for UTVs. So he can't take the Raptor. So now he has a Raptor to off-road and he can't off-road it. Huh. But he does love it. I mean, you could always come out to Utah, Kareem. There's plenty of off-road But that's There's not close. That's the problem. He was no. hoping to like use it locally and it's all UTVs. So he loves it. He says he loves the sound, loves the old school feel. He actually goes on a tangent, which I love, about how awesome it is to hear a metal key slide into a metal ignition and be turned. We've, we've reached that place. When the S2000 came out in 99, oh, we were all yeah. like, start button. You can you could use a button. Whoa, whoa. I know. And I have a start button with the key combo on the Lotus at least, That's too. Right. And That's now we've right. come full circle where there's those of us that are longing for the days where it's like, you know what I'd like? 
a metal shiv to dive into the neck of the ignition and turn the car on. That's how we could sell it. You know it. Interesting idea. Well, Kareem says the Raptor is too big for his three-car garage and the driveway too, really. So he's not (laughs) sure what's going to happen to it. Who would like to buy an early gen mm-hmm. 6.2 Raptor? Kareem is selling. Just kidding. Well, maybe. Maybe. He's running a business. He's got three kids. So finding the time to track a race went to zero in 2023. And in 2022, he said, I combined a 911 E9335 and a Spec Miata into one do-it-all car. That was the F80. Sure. I see that. Yep. But as we say, you need the right tool for the job. You're right. Maybe there's not a one-car solution for Kareem. He feels like spending 70000 plus, he would consider the ugly nose G80 M3 or Ooh. CT5V Blackwing. Both are very cool. Those are cool cars, yeah. But he says he doesn't want to spend that much on a depreciating asset. Now, assuming he keeps the Raptor or replaces it with something smaller, he's looking for a fun daily, fun mm. summer daily. Okay. So manual and rear-wheel drive is a must. He thinks four doors as often as he has his twin five-year-old boys and the love the fun. They had the M3. He does consider getting another Porsche, Miata, or Corvette. Todd, you once mentioned a two-seat sports car can be set for that special one-on-one time with one of your kids or your spouse. Absolutely, yep. You watched the Price of Fun piece. Thank you for watching. Really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. He needs to drive a GR86, he realizes. Yes, you do. But a sports car or a convertible, maybe a Targa, something like that would be nice. He's considered things like an E46 BMW, the ZHP. The four-door almost M3, which are very, very cool. That was uh, one of his 75. But it was one of his all-time favorites of 75. That's one of the key. <laughs> He's had so many BMWs. That, oh, that is really interesting. Out of 75 uh, cars, yeah, yeah. that car is one of his all-time favorites. I think that's fascinating. It's good. It's good. He said it would be a project car. Uh-oh. So so wait a minute. Wait, wait. You had me, and then you lost me. Yeah, 70000 Because you want to buy right. it. Because you want to buy it. You want to not spend too much, but then and you want it to be your, sun, your summer fun daily, and you want to actually use it. And then instantly you're into supercharger, swap it for an LSD, uh, suspension. Okay, I get it. Here's all but, my money. Mm-hmm. Dump it into the car. Yes. Never get it back up. Be happy. E93 M5, he had two of them. Mm. He had two, you had two E39 not, not at the same time, but he loved both he of them. That's of part them. of the 75 cars on the list. He's had that car twice. Yeah. <laughs> he says, just a bit too heavy if he ever does make it back on track. Or another F80 once the market level's off. Or an E90 M3. He also had one of those. Loved it. <laughs> but he says the problem is he's got a five-mile commute, which means the oil was barely warm enough to approach the 8,000 RPM red line before he gets to work. And that's the magic of that engine. That engine below about 5,000 is fine. Above 5,000 is like, oh, no, this is interesting. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's thirsty. Oh, really? It's really thirsty. Super thirsty. But he didn't go far to work, but that's part of the problem. Right. Yeah, couldn't use it all. But he says all of these concern him from a repair perspective, older electronics, sensors, motors. He doesn't have time to deal with things like that. But he wants to have a ZHP project car. I just want to point out the <laughs> dichotomy here. Anyway, moving on. I like how you're just throwing it out there, just like I do, Kareem. Uh-huh, I just yeah. throw it out for consideration. <laughs> it gets you us talking. It's great to stuff. Buy one. It's great stuff. Love it. He says he considered another Chevy SS. He loves his, but he was too precious with it. Mm. Feels like it was underpowered for the chassis. <laughs> okay. Underpowered is what he wrote. Wasn't, wasn't bad when I drove it, but I understand there's always more power available. Maybe he'd supercharge it this time. I get it. 2012-ish CTSV. He's always wanted those, one of those, but has it aged well inside and out? I'm going to go with no. No, it hasn't. <laughs> but it's still cool. Say, very cool. Aging well, no. No. 
did the did the Q infotainment system age well? Mm. Nope. CT4 V Blackwing has too small of a back seat, as does the automatic only Julia. Okay, I see it. All right. Sports cars like a Miata C6, maybe C7 Corvette, since he's never had one, but he thinks the C6 looks better and has less electronic nonsense. <laughs> that could just be a shirt by itself. <laughs> Okay. There, hang on, hang on. I'm, I'm putting a note in the sky for Mandy who helps with all of our blip shift shirts. We need some sort of analog gauges thing that says less electronic nonsense underneath it. Like That's gauges funny. and switches. We need some sort of really yeah. iconic dashboard with gauges and switches. <laughs> it might be like uh, a Ford GT or something like that. Okay. That says okay. less yeah. electronic nonsense. Also, you have to be able to see the key in the ignition dangling. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> side note. Shift. There it is. Yep. Maybe it's time for Kareem to go after one of his bucket list cars, like an Esprit V8. Ooh, hang on. Wait, what now? I I woke up all of a sudden. A Lotus Esprit V8. Those are so cool and scare me so much as an owner. (laughs) I mean, literally, if you said, if you you parked, two cars I both think are brilliant. RX-7, the FDRX-7, (laughs) or a Lotus Esprit V8 next to each other. I said, which one would you rather own? I'd be really torn. (laughs) Yes. Because both of them scare me to death but the Mazda as an be, owner. Well, maybe it wouldn't be. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, that's a that's like a total dice roll. Anyway, onward. Speaking of dice roll, Ferrari 348. Dice roll, yes. 997 GTS. That's a good okay, choice. Yeah. 987 Boxer Spider. He says, easy, Paul. Easy, big fella. Those are really Those great. Are cool. They're one I of my all-time excited. favorite Porsches, and I'm not the Porsche guy. Yeah. Or a Restomod C2 Corvette. You know those aren't 70 grand, right, Kareem? Yeah. Like Restomod anything mm-hmm. means like derelict. Well, and, and the only C2 Corvette you're going to get for less than 70 is going to need a lot of work, and then how much money you're going to have in that by the time it becomes the Restomod you want. Anyway, side note. He has observed that he has yet to see us fully adhere to a budget. Wait, what? We, we want one, yes. <laughs> what? But he hmm. says if he continues to wait on the bucket list car, it'll be approximately 35000 give or take. Okay. If he gets something cheaper, he'll spend more to replace the Raptor. But if he spends more, he'll get a 957 Cayenne because he regrets selling the last S that okay. he had. Uh, Kareem, you are one of those people who have proven to be right in regards to our conversation about next cars. Mm. Many people think, and many YouTubers think, that the next car has to be more expensive, faster, more powerful, Mm. handle better, backwards, going backwards or going down, a downgrade, are not options, right? Well, there are options for you. Yeah, exactly. Clearly. Love it. it. And you've gone through enough cars and driven more than most. And again, I'm speaking to you, Kareem, but I'm speaking to everyone that feels like they're at the end of the rope. What else Mm. is there? Especially after you've owned a lot of those brilliant usual suspects. Mm. There's a lineup. E39 M5s and E90 M3s and 911s and Boxsters and Caymans and a Miata in there yeah, thrown yeah, yeah. in there. He's, he's owned just about everything. Yes. And I know there's other people listening that feel the same way. And you don't have to go get a Raptor to just, you know, throw t- caution to the wind. Let's just get a Raptor and... We should go off-roading. Oh, UTV's owned? Are we off-roading? Oh. I can't really tell. Bummer. Okay. I think it will continue. It will always continue. Is there ever an end, Kareem? Will mm. there be an end? Mm. I don't think so because you wrote that you're entertaining a Restomod C2 Corvette <laughs> or an E46 uh, BMW ZHP. That's not throwing in the towel, yeah. No. There's always going to be time to get more of those. You've had a lot of good experiences, and I like that you're entertaining letting some of those back in your life. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then ask yourself, why did you get rid of them in the first place? Mm. Market aside, leave the market off to the side. Doesn't matter, money, whatever. Why did you get rid of them? Was it just because you didn't like it anymore? Were you tired of it? What was Mm. the reason? 
Because at this point, I think car manufacturers are still going to want to feed that for enthusiasts. Yeah. They want to feed it for themselves. There's people at car mm. companies who love cars. That exists. They want to have there are some, some. They want to have something to talk about. My company did this new mm -hmm. car. I'm so proud to be part of that project. And we we did this. Yeah, yeah. What an awesome car. And it feeds racing series. It feeds the general enthusiast community. I think that will always happen. So I'm not saying you always have to be beholden to the tyranny of the urgent. Mm. I have to mm -hmm. get the next thing that I can't wait for BMW to come mm. out with the M2 CS. <laughs> Even now wider with, boxy now fenders. Now with more boxy fenders. We didn't think they were boxy and wide enough. We're going to make them even you know boxy I mean? and wider, yes. It's okay to downgrade. It's okay to back up and go backwards and look mm, back mm. and go back to some of the older stuff. And you do need to drive a GR86. You did admit that I isn't agree. on your radar mm -hmm. yet. I was also going to suggest a Toyota GR Corolla because you've had big muscle. Yeah. You've had yeah, yeah, big yeah. Chicago. I mean, there's weather in Chicago. A couple times a year, yeah. Mm -hmm. You can track this little beast. You can yes. put your family in it. Yes. You can actually putter around and go do errands in that Just thing. Use it like a little hatchback. Mm -hmm. now, That's good. I know they're not as easy to obtain right now, but it doesn't seem like you're in a hurry. I mean, you're cruising around in a Raptor currently. Does the Raptor <laughs> oil get warm? <laughs> good point. Probably not, but I'm wondering... What if you entertain something a little bit smaller, a little bit lighter, a little bit less expensive? I mean, from what you've had, a GR Corolla is much less expensive. Mm. And I like the GR86 for you. I like that you're entertaining, but all of those ones that you've had in your life, those can come back at some point or never again. Mm. You've got those memories and photos and you've driven them and you've loved them. But until your life changes with a different need, which it hasn't, you haven't raced or tracked or done anything. Mm. Will your life change to dictate ownership of those again? Yeah, will you go back to that is a real question. I totally agree. Until yeah. it does, mm -hmm. I see no reason to say, yeah, totally get another E90 M3. They're cheap. You should do it. I, I can't recommend that. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I can't recommend going backwards at all for you. I do want you to go forwards to a GR86. I do want you to experience that car. Yep. I kind of wish the one, Todd, that you and I shared, kind of wish we'd never gotten rid of it. Mm. I miss that car. It's a lot. such a cool car. I totally agree. Yeah. It's such a cool car. I mean, the show car. needed to move on to other things, we but did, we missed we that car so much. I mean, it's very cool. The only reason we moved on was from a content perspective. And yeah, and we couldn't financially start a collection. That was the reality. Yes. I totally agree. Yes. So, Kareem, what's your reason? Mm, mm. I, uh, <laughs> it's I'll, cheap. It, I'll leave you to bemoan the GR86 for a second. <laughs> It's funny. All right. I think it combines the best of everything you're looking for. And then you realize like, you know what? I didn't pay a whole lot for this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not on the hook for a lot. And you know, something breaks, it's warranty or it's probably not going to be too expensive to yeah. re replace repair. It's, it's a downgrade in power and it's backwards in terms of the, the big brute kinds of sure, amazing sure. cars you've had, mm -hmm. but it's forwards in terms of being new and, supporting enthusiast cars. Interesting. Okay. All right. There's, there's a lot of fun stuff here, Kareem. Uh, thanks for writing in. I, I want to cover some of the things you've talk, talked about, and then I want to branch out from there. First off, I think the Raptor needs to go. <laughs> Who I, I wants just, a Raptor? I, I just, I, you don't have use for it. And, and the use case under which you bought it, I see it. You were like, I'm going to go left turn here mm -hmm. into the dirt. I get it. <laughs> but, but it's not working out. So you need to sell the Raptor. But the thing is, you've also said, if you didn't have the Raptor, you'd kind of like to replace it with a 957 Cayenne. My question is, isn't that a, almost a financial trade across? Why not? That's, the Cayenne is more usable. Yeah. You already know you like it. You need a family car. 
Sell the Raptor, use the Raptor money to get yourself a Cayenne. Kind of like the ones you've had that you've liked. Then we're going to do the overlanding thing. And it's going to dump more money. Into no, no, no. I'm not. No, because you can't overland in here. It's all UTVs. This is my point. Oh, this right. is the more usable car you know you'll like and it'll do family stuff. And that leaves all the rest of the money, which <laughs> you said could be as much as 75 grand. Leftover money. Oh, exactly. Be careful. All the rest of the money to get yourself a fun car. So I'm going to run through fun cars for you real quick. I am going to ask this question, though. Have you ever had a Panamera? Could that be in there in place of the Cayenne? Because you've Maybe. talked about a lot of sedans, but you didn't specifically mention having a Panamera, and I'm curious if you've ever had one. You like the Cayenne. Uh, Panamera is a good alt. The 2024 Turbo can do bouncy bounce mode on no. the suspension with your no, phone. No, 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 no. It's I'm, only I'm, 200 grand. I think no. it starts at 192,000 euro, Kareem. Wrong direction. But my host is here as always. Thank you, Paul, for being there. It's good. Awesome. Bouncy bounce you. mode you, on your co-host. control with your phone. Uh-huh. Yeah. Car per, bounce. Because you need to control it with your phone. I'm here to entertain you. Yeah, the, the Porsche <laughs> will do it off the phone. The yes. Mustang will rev from the key fob. Sweet. Why? Okay, here's here's a side note question. <laughs> it's a topic Tuesday. Why are we trying to get the cars to have fun without us? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> are, are the cars taking over? Have they become sentient? Mm. Are they angry at the door with pitchforks that they want to have fun without us? What, why are they over there while we have fun over here remotely? Soon they're going to unfold and stand up and look down on us. I'm a little terrified. Talk to us in deep voices. Yes, it'll be it'll be the Transformers done by all of our cars. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Panamera's a thought because I will say this to you. If you buy an old used Panamera, think about how much better a 2012 Panamera has aged than a 2012 CTS-V. A lot. Just the interiors. A lot. I mean, the CTSV. Too. The CTSV, you could argue, is an old style, but might be more attractive than a 2012 Panamera. Mm. But the being the experience of being in one, the 2012 Panamera is going to feel nicer. Anyway, but I'm moving True. on. I'm going to shop your fun car for you and talk through the ones you brought up. My favorite generation of the 911 is the 997. That is the 05 to 2012. The late model 997 GTS are practically unicorns. They are one of the most desirable, and you've called that car out, and I'm asking you real quickly if you really want one of those. It is technically four seats. You could put the little ones in the back. But why not an S or a Targa? They're much easier to find. Hmm. So I'm putting that out there. But if you're looking <laughs> for dynamics, he wants it. That's looking why. for dynamics, the Boxer Spider is an all-time favorite. That is a great first-gen Boxer Spider, phenomenal car. However, I'm going to go straight to where you actually ended up, Paul. And that is, Kareem, look at your list. You've owned almost everything. Miatas, Corvettes, Porsches, many, many BMWs, 75 cars of all kind of things. You need to get something you've never had. <laughs> the man who's owned it all. Seriously, get something you never had. Please go drive the GR86. Yeah, yeah. I think you might be surprised by it. Technically, it's got tiny little back seats that your five-year-olds would be fine in now, but by the time they're about seven, they're going to be too big. Yeah, but, but then it's hang okay. on to it long enough for first car for them. There you go. Don't get rid of it. Look at the GR86. Take a serious look at that. And then I went with three others that are all used. They have various price points now, but I don't see any of them on your list and all of them be worthwhile experiences to own. I think they would be fun enough for you to drive daily. Also fun enough to take on a long road trip. Not necessarily track cars, but you're tracking less anyway. Yeah, he did zero last year. Aston Martin Vantage used. <whistles> Why not? No back seats, but do we care? <laughs> really? Kareem's neighbors and be like, what is it today? Get the Aston Martin Vantage in a manual. It's not the greatest manual ever. It's just a fun car to work with. I yeah, still look yeah. fondly back on the one we drove better part of a decade ago. It was great. Yeah, it's, and the sound it's was not, great. It's not a tracking car. No. But a drive anywhere car? Yes. I'll take the Aston Martin Vantage, please. In that same category, but sadly not available in a manual, is the current Mercedes GT that's on its way out. 
Oh, scrounge. that car is brute. Just it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. I can't get it's over so it. So beautiful. Every yeah. time I've seen it in traffic, it is this weird combination of brutal and beautiful. It's just this. It's this menacing thing in your rearview mirror, but you also can't stop looking because you're like, it also looks really good. And then it gets in front of you, and you're like, my gosh, that car is attractive. It just <laughs> seriously. Every time I see one in traffic, I just stare. <laughs> that is a car that honestly works for me in any color. I want it to be in a color. Yeah. But I see a silver one. I'm still like, did you see that over there? Yeah. It's silver, but I don't care. It's just brooding. Mercedes GT is so awesome. But the last one I have on my list that I don't think is on your list, the Audi R8 V8 manual. The early R8s. Yeah. That's a definitive car. So those three are my ones for you to look at, Kareem, because I don't think you've had any of the above. They don't have back seats, but that's why you got the Cayenne to replace the Raptor. You have your family car. Kareem, I did it. I spent less. Todd spent more. Just that, like this it noted. You, you, it's good. Put a, little, put a little asterisk little, by this podcast. It's note. happened. We're celebrating the new year with new products from Griot's Garage. Wintertime means you might be stuck inside, but you can still clean your car with ceramic rinseless wash. It lifts dirt, grime, and contaminants, and it leaves behind a ceramic shield that enhances water beating and self-cleaning ability. But if you are getting out the hose, Griot's now offers car wash pods. Just like the pods you use for the clothes washer, you drop one of these in your wash bucket for the perfect amount of soap. These car wash pods even work with your foaming sprayers too. Or if your winter project has faded trim, or you need to protect the trim on your car, try Satin Finish Ceramic Trim Restorer that renews those old trim pieces and is good for tires too. Plus, there's plastic all-in-one to remove fine scratches and swirl marks and restores dull plastic surfaces. Remember, all Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed, and all liquid products are made right here in the USA. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code DRIVER10 for 10% off everything else on your order. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Nick S. writes to us from Bitburg, Germany. I've seen that sentence before. Bitburg. <laughs> the... the <laughs> There's an Osfart to Bitburg. <laughs> there is. Yes. You take the Osfart to Bitburg. Anyway. He, well, Nick loves American muscle cars. Hmm. He says Bitburg. He says, I'm sure, you've passed by that we've passed by. Absolutely. He's right in between Spa and Frankfurt. Mm-hmm. He's currently on the fence regarding what he should buy as his next fun car and pondering what drive homework he should be doing before making his decision. Okay. Nick, I hope you haven't made a decision yet. Mm-hmm. If you have, please write to us. Maybe our choices will align with something you bought, but I hope you haven't bought anything yet. He imagines the car market is different in Germany compared to the USA. However, he's hopeful that we have good suggestions for him. And even if you have bought something, that's not too late because it could be your next something too. Nick, this story takes a turn that I want to stop on real quickly because Paul and I have said half kidding before to many people that have written in about where they are in the world. We have said the answer is move. We have said, jokingly, we're like, if you would like to have a better car experience, move. We have joked with certain people in certain financial situations, certain parts of the country. We're like, we should just move and solve your problem. Kind of funny. And and we're saying it half kidding, even though we know it solves the car problem. It creates lots of other issues. However, Nick moved for car love. He's from the Netherlands. And interestingly enough, he still works in the Netherlands. <laughs> he right. works 180 plus miles away from where he lives in Germany. Why did he move? Because he loves cars and cars are so much cheaper in Germany. It gave him options. The example he gives is a 2023 brand new Mustang GT costs roughly 55,000 euros in Germany. 
and 115,000 euros in the Netherlands because of the way they tax cars. And you can't even go out of the country and bring something back in. They will still ding you with the taxes. So he moved countries. <laughs> Nick, you're my new favorite person. <laughs> you actually moved for your car love. Bravo. And you again, you commute 180 miles to work. See, it happens. People blow out their budgets. They say, Paul, you went way over. Uh You know what? That's not a bad idea. And I do like that. And I found a way. I found some couch cushion money. And Nick moved. Nick moved. Bravo, man. Nick's current stable includes a 2012 Citroen DS3 manual transmission with the 1.6 liter diesel. Okay. And also an 07 Mustang GT manual and an 09 Honda Shadow. Okay. His previous cars include a 99 BMW Z3 1.8 liter. A 99 Mustang V6, an 06 Mustang GT, and a 2016 Mustang GT2. Whoa, hang on. I I mean, as well. Yeah. That's a lot of Mustangs. Four. That's a lot of Mustangs for someone living in the U.S. that can get Mustangs cheap. (laughs) Seriously. And you've owned four Mustangs. To mention Mm -hmm. where he lives. Well, he decided to sell a 2016 Mustang GT and get an 07 GT a year ago because he could use the extra money for home renovations. Because he moved, he needs to upgrade the... You better believe it. Yeah. Luckily, he only commutes two, three times a week. But still, you you moved to another country for car love and you sold the best car to get a slightly less version, slightly older version of of the Mustang for home renovations. But what I love is... Renovations are now done, and there is cash to spare. This is why you're writing to us. I love it. He's he's selling the Honda Shadow. He might have sold it by now because he barely rides anymore, and Mm. is selling the Mustang, making his current budget right around 40,000 euro. Mm. He's also considered selling the Citroen, the DS3, and getting the one-car-to-do-it-all thing, but owning a hyper-efficient little diesel when you have multiple long commutes, is still really nice. I actually totally think that car should stay. I do too. He says, besides, keeping it allows him to not have to worry about fuel efficiency for the fun car. Ding, ding, ding. And he also tells me he can't do more than 45,000 euro. Okay, got it. We right. will see. Uh, yeah, I'm going to push too. No, I'm, but, I'm but, really going to But, gonna, but I'm, I've, I'm I've stayed try. on both sides of this equation for sure. I'm going to try, Nick. He says it's evident from his car history. He's a sucker for Mustangs and American muscle. Clearly. He, he did love his first car, the Z3, but nothing beats the thrilling roar of a V8. Mm. You know, Germany makes a lot of V8s, too. They make a couple. They're, they're, they're familiar. Yeah. His preferences, he wants a V8 and rear-wheel drive, although he will consider a good V, some sort of good V or inline six. He wants a manual. He's not against autos, but he really enjoys manuals. Okay. He also wants some sort of back seat. He'd like to take his dog with him on road trips, but if the perfect fun car doesn't have back seats, then so be it. So would like a backseat, doesn't need a backseat. Doesn't seat. need That's key. a backseat. He has a dog that he loves very much, and that goes everywhere with him, yeah. but we'll figure that out. He needs it to come in a color. That's pretty easily solved. Okay. He's owned three black cars. They're horrible to keep clean. Yes, we know. And they are difficult, yes. Coupe, convertible, or sedan, doesn't matter, but he wants aircon. His Z3 <laughs> did not have air conditioning, mm. even though it was a convertible, and he says it gets really hot in the cabin at slower speeds in the summer. You know who makes really good air conditioning? American <laughs> car makers. <laughs> And V8s are the absolute best for air conditioning. They're the best. You are choosing correctly. Yes, uh-huh. He's already done some homework, but he's driven the 08 Audi S5 Coupe with a V8. Cool car. The 99 Z3 with a 2.8 liter and a 2010 Z4 with a 3 liter. Mm, all cool cars. Yeah, they are. He liked the Zs, but they don't come with back seats, and he does miss the rumble, and the S5 felt too serious. That's The S5 is very business. It's it's a, a cool car, and it's got a cool engine, yeah. but I don't see... It, it doesn't have any of the hilarity that you've enjoyed from a lot of Mustangs. 
True. He could also go back to a 2015 or newer Mustang GT, but life is too short to keep going back to the same cars. But hang on, but hang on, hang on. <laughs> Paul knows where I'm going, you know, because he can see the email just like I can. He says, I don't want to go back to the same cars. Then he says, the cars I'm considering, and the first on the list is a 2007 to 2014 Mustang GT500. Now, I understand the GT500 is not a Mustang you've owned, but you've owned a lot of Mustangs. And the GT500 is not so special, the 07 to 2014, that you must own that one. It's a definitive one. If you'd said yeah, GT350, yeah. I might go with you. I yeah. might. That is a, a really cool, big, powerful engine. And otherwise, it's a Mustang like many you've owned. Please. The, many, mm, many. Yes, you've owned four Mustangs. You're considering buying another Mustang. Let, that's just it's right off the list. You know, uh, as a side note, just setting things aside for the moment, mm. Chance brought up a very interesting point with the current car market and the current Mustang. Okay. All right. Noting that the Charger and Challenger are no more. And the Camaro has ended production. Yes. And the Mustang is kind of the only one in that market. It's the only one kind of left. Sad but true, yes. And it's heavy. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's trying to be all things to all muscle car owners. And maybe, maybe. Ford recognized this and changed the architecture and changed things about the car. Because I think it's still pretty too big and heavy, really, mm -hmm. the new one. But still, just food for thought yeah, for, the, interesting. for the listening he, audience. He does to have consider. the other usual suspects on his list here, at least usual when you hear this story. The 2016 and up Camaro SS, the 2015 and up Challenger Scat Pack, and then he goes a little away from that stuff into a first gen M2, which is a cool car, or the Alpha Julia Quadrifoglio, and then he mentions the C6 Corvette. That is, then he realizes there is no back seat, but he's like, nah, I don't love that, but it's still on the list. Nick, I went through choices. I started at the BMW Z4 Coupe, but you said you weren't mm -hmm. over the moon about it. I thought about the GR Supra. I thought about a GR Yaris. I considered your M2. I do like the M2. I thought about a 911 for you. I mean, after all, you are in Germany. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I also had a brilliant thought, and then I was immediately shot down because I thought, ah, oh, the Nissan Z. I would suggest the Nissan Z. That would be perfect. It's mm. not available in Europe. It's not available in Europe. Really? Really. Like not at all? Like not even planned? You can't even get one. I somehow had missed that. I I kind of want to pour one out or whatever I'm supposed <laughs> to do. I just, I, that, wow. Do you pour okay. motor oil out? I, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Nick, what you're wanting is a Porsche 928. <laughs> oh, sorry. Did I laugh? Sorry. V8 manual two-door with back seats and they come in a color? Yeah, okay, I see it. All right. Porsche I mean, built one of those a long time ago. So yeah. did Ferrari. It's called mm -hmm. the Mondial. Easy, easy. V8 manual two-door back seats and it comes in a color. This is not a car debate for you, Paul. <laughs> I am not suggesting those. I just wanted to put it out there that That's those cars. point. Those are two cars that I really love, Nick, and you're speaking my language. I mm -hmm. hear you. Mm -hmm. The Camaro could be interesting here. I like your suggestion about the Camaro, but it's pretty close to a Mustang. It's just got a different badge and a little bit of different styling. Right, you and I it disagree on the Camaro, but I but it could keep work. going. I'm, yeah. I'm yeah, acknowledging yeah. it, mm -hmm. thinking, okay, it yeah, could yeah. be a, but it's not like a big change. Okay, it's kind of the same thing with a Chevy badge. Okay, you get the flow tie. I'll come back, but anyway. <laughs> and then I thought AMG GTs are too expensive. I mean, the new one is the new 928 front engine, back yeah. seats. Yeah, yeah, it is. You're right. Long hood. Or the Ferrari GTC4 Lusso T. Did you know everyone? The Lusso T comes oh, with a V8. Man. The Lusso comes with a V12, but the Lusso mm -hmm. T has the V8. Or even the Maserati Gran Turismo, I just had to get that off my chest. <laughs> Which makes them extra affordable. Yeah. Uh -huh. 
the Corvette is the answer. Mm. Corvette, Nick. Corvette, Corvette. That's it. I mm. I like the Corvette for you because even though it doesn't have a back seat, I like it because it's American. It's muscle. You got the V8. They do handle well. The one you're looking for with your what was it? Uh, Forty five thousand dollars budget. Forty five thousand euros. Yes. I believe you can get one. I believe it will be great. Yes, V8, fun to drive. It's unique in that part of the world. Mm-hmm. It's cool. I say go get that C6. Interesting that that's where you landed because, uh, spoiler alert, that's where I landed too, but oh, I really? want to unpack it differently. That is because I looked expecting Corvette because the more I read this, the more I thought Corvette's the answer. Corvette's the Before answer. you even got to mentioning that you'd kind of considered a C6 already, because the reality is it is the perfect merging of the big American V8 that you want with real world usable dynamics. And yeah. there's actually quite a few for sale in Germany. I went with your budget and found C6s and some C7s. I would love it if for you could spring for forty-five thousand euros or less. Now you what don't, model uh, year? It, it was early ones, uh, but early still. Yeah. The the reality is you get a C six or C seven. Now I know your pup has nowhere to be in the back seat. I have driven many dogs around in the passenger seat. Sometimes they even learn lean in the corners. It's the coolest thing you've ever seen when you, your dog learns to lean with the corners. Rider active. It's very. It's very cool. <laughs> They also have massive hatches. I'm not suggesting you put your dog in the fishbowl hatch, but there is a huge hatch back there for anything you never, you're never ever going to need. True. They are surprisingly usable, surprisingly good, and they are available in Germany for your money. I want to run through some of your other options, but I do totally agree with Paul. I think the answer here is Corvette. Let's talk about the Alpha Julia QV. Awesome, but you want a manual and a V8, and that's neither. Yeah. The GT500, we mentioned already, it's pretty much all engine, and you've had too many Mustangs. The it just had you doctor. Just had. It all started you, you, when you I have. bought the fourth Mustang. Stop it. <laughs> the Camaro SS is underappreciated. I really feel that it's a great chassis. It's sharper to drive than the Mustang. I think it is a more interesting car to drive than the Mustang, and I like it dynamically better than the Mustang. The GT three fifty Mustang has some extra hilarity because of the engine, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. from a dynamics perspective, the SS wins. And I'm actually a fan, except I don't typically like muscle cars, and you do. So. That's where I'm mixed on it, Nick. But I think that the Camaro SS would be an interesting alt for you. Mm-hmm. The Challenger is great if you what you want more than anything is is like that is the holdout of traditional big American muscle car vibes. Nothing does it like the Challenger. Mm. It's a big car. Hellcat on the Autobahn. It's a big car. And the reality is, you get some of those small German roads, it's going to feel like a monster to wield around some small German back roads. Having driven them a lot. (laughs) True. You know, when we come around a corner and there's like a big tractor in the road, which happens every single time we do pilgrimage. (laughs) I nearly got run over by a combine once and it it came and it scared the heck out of me. I was leading a group of people care recorders like, I'm going to need to back up. And they're big They're huge. My point is, your Challenger, you're going to feel like kindred spirits. It's like me and the tractors. When those roads get tiny, that car's going to feel huge. Yeah, great license tag. I like the Challenger. It's just I think it's the wrong car for your area. So when I merge these muscle car once with dynamics and modern realities of cars, I end up right where Paul did, Corvette. Good news, Nick, is that you're getting a Corvette. Corvette, done. Thanks for writing in. Please send photos Mm -hmm. when you do. I wonder, like I said, if you've already bought it, if you've already changed cars here, send us photos of the Corvette that you bought. (laughs) And if you didn't arrive there, I'd be curious as to what you did arrive at and what was your decision-making process. Love to hear it. We love to hear all of your car conclusions. They're so fun. I mean, what was your decision-making paradigm and mm-hmm. do we have to change things? And how much did you add 
cost to your budget because almost everybody that writes us back adds yes. money. Almost everybody <laughs> like, does. You know, you were right. It was all good. Thank you guys, as always, for questions. I want to start with one. I love it when this happens. When there's a question and I read it and I go, can't answer it right now, but it's a good topic Tuesday. Eddie Murphy wrote in and said, if each manufacturer only made one car from their lineup, which cars would survive? That could be like a multi-episode re- well, podcast. It made me think of two things. We need to do a topic Tuesday that is that. And then we need to do a series again, because we haven't done it in like five years, that is the best cars from each manufacturer. We do need to revisit that. So, so those are two different topic Tuesdays. But I like the idea of just one car to rule them all. Every one of the manufacturers. I'm watching Lord of the Rings again. Can you tell? As long as Every, there's no Sauron involved. It, no, there isn't. Every one of the manufacturers makes one car. What is it? I love that thinking. We'll have to come back to that. On Instagram, Lord Vader asks our thoughts on Stellantis pulling out of future U.S. car shows. Mm. Tell me you don't have any new product to show without telling me you don't have any new product to show. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, okay, there's that. Am I? How, how off yeah, base am I? I, I? I see your logic, but I also think... <laughs> we don't really have anything new. I uh, guess we'll pull out of shows because we, we don't have anything we new. We could save that line item a lot of money. Uh, the thing is, I, I don't think this is going to be isolated. I don't either. Uh, there, there's so much opportunity to interact with cars in the way, let me put this another way, in the way that people want to. And that is, I don't need to drive it. I don't want to sit in it. I just want to look up all the information and read or watch reviews and then I'll buy one or I won't. I remember reading a stat from a few years ago that 40% of new car buyers never drove it before they bought it. 40? 40%, four zero. Almost half. That was a few years ago, and I have to think that number's <laughs> probably going up. Were they letting the YouTubers all drive them for you? I guess. So my point is Ooh. here, I think, unfortunately, this. I, I'm very curious to see what happens to car shows over the next decade, because we were just at the LA Auto Show, which is typically an awesome show, and it was surprisingly thin. Now, that had to do mm-hmm. a little bit with some of the strikes going on, but, but other companies not affected by the strike still didn't show up. It's a big expense to go to a lot of auto shows. I'm mm-hmm. curious to see... What the next decade is, what I think is going to happen is some consolidation. There's going to be fewer, and the ones that do exist are going to be big, and there's going to, it's going to be less common for you to have lots of monster shows. Like there, If you look at the calendar in years past, it's like every six weeks some major city is having an auto show. And if, if we got into a discussion once years ago about how many do we want to go to, and we were like, one. Mm-hmm. So I'm very curious to see what happens. I don't think this is an isolated incident. I have a slightly different take. I do okay. I do hear what you're saying, and I agree with you. I'm just wondering about the landscape and how it's changed with YouTube. Okay. Because car manufacturers have now figured out YouTube. Yes. They invite everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone drives and consumes the exact same information from said manufacturer. The same cars at the same time in the same place. So they all look the same. You have to spend time going away from the venue and driving a long way off to get different photos. Yep. And getting a different experience. Sometimes you don't have the time. Yep. And in general, these these uh, press launches are, are pretty quick. Yeah. You don't have a lot of time to yep. spend with the car. I think that with that, and car manufacturers continuing to do that, this is the designer nerd in me speaking. And that is about seeing cars indoors. The only time you see it indoors when it's parked. Cars do not operate indoors. Mm, good point. They're always outside. 
So when you go to a car show, you see it under a different condition. You don't see it under daylight, outdoor conditions. Very good point. It's a very, very good point. You may never see it that way ever again. Right. Great point. You see cars outside. You interact with them outside. I'm wondering if car manufacturers' money would be better spent doing micro things with Mm. their dollars. Mm. Bringing a car. Cybertruck showed up at a Cars and Coffee. Yeah. Just yeah. and, and still a big crowd yeah. gets people talking, but they're teaching everybody to paint the fence for them. Mm-hmm. Everybody whips mm-hmm. out their phone and what do they do? Post it to social point. media and it goes wider than any car show could ever do. It's a very good point. So what if they just mm. showed up with a, a particular new model? Here it is. Maybe it's still in pre-production camouflage or whatever, but here's the car. And now we're putting our little army to work. Everybody whip out your phone and yeah. do it for us. Yeah. And we don't have to pay all that money to go to a car show. We bring the new model to some big car show in a big city. Atlanta mm. has big car shows. Texas has them. Mm-hmm. LA, That's California good. has good car shows. Let's put it out there right in the middle of the crowd. This is the new car. Mm. You're seeing it outdoors. You're seeing it with people around it. Mm. You're it's seeing it in you know bright sunlight or daylight or good colors. It's very flashy. You get to see it. You get to hear it. You can start it up. It's not silent. Yeah, that you're you're indoors. so right. It is interesting how antiseptic it is to see it indoors, parked under indoor lighting. That it's like a live brochure. Yeah, I, I hear that. I hear it. Watching okay. a video is better mm-hmm. than going to the car show because at least mm. I get to see it moving. Mm. That's how we see cars outdoors and moving. That's a great point. That's what car manufacturers need to do with their dollars is just spend a little bit of money to take that car to that show and do the same across the other uh, other side of the country and mm-hmm. do it around the world. And pretty soon everybody's taken photos of this and posted it to all kinds of non-car accounts too. Mm-hmm. People who aren't any ca- into cars will still see it. What continues to frustrate me along these lines is if you go to any car, you know, build right now, any configurator, you can put the car in a scene, <laughs> yeah. which is just essentially like I'm taking photos in the Gran Turismo game, which I've also never understood, by the yeah. way. Yeah. It's just you put it in a digital scene. I'm like, yeah, but it's still just digital car and digital scene. Like, what's it going to yes. really look like in my driveway or, you know, parked at the Walmart? What's it going to look like? I don't know. I think all the digital use for car manufacturers, yes, they found it to be much cheaper and easier to produce print ads, even uh, commercials. Mm-hmm. What if you went back to the real deal? What if you used a metal key and a metal ignition? What if you actually Whoa, shot the real car look out. in a real environment with a real person driving? You're oh my gosh, that now. looks good. That, I can relate to that. that <laughs> that's Miami right there. I know that. that's my neighborhood or wherever. I could totally see that happening. Marcus Thomas on Facebook says, any thoughts on a mountain roads and mountain bikes meetup? Yeah, when are we going? Uh, I mean, the thing is, years ago, we actually did snow. Yeah, seriously. Years ago, we actually did uh, our Utah meetup had a day prior that was for mountain biking. We haven't done that last couple of years. If that's something, uh, let me know if that's something you're of interest to. I mean, that's something we were we're certainly going to bike as much as we possibly can. If we want to add a day onto the beginning of some of these trips for people to have that are are mountain bikers to come in and we'll do some trails locally. I'm totally up for that because Paul and I want to get out in the summertime as much as possible. I will say this. If you want to do that, unless you live really close, there's no reason to bring your bike. Don't don't haul your bike cross country. Just bring your fun car, rent a bike here, because we had a lot of them. Plus, people most, most of the time rent cars here anyway. So we could totally do it if there's the interest. Figgy Mark on Instagram has been watching The Price of Fun. Thank you very much. Yes, we really appreciate it. As someone who's only had 200 to 275 horsepower fun cars, Figgy Mark often questions 
if more is needed, hmm. how often are you able to actually use more power on public roads? Or is everybody missing out, missing out on fun and you need to pony up? You know, it depends on the car. Of course, it depends on the road in your area. I yeah. feel like people who don't have a lot of twisty roads, a canyon and track driving near them feel the need for more power. Yeah, yeah. Because when you have less power and you've got a twisty road, who cares? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So I really think it's a product of where you live. So the it's answer is to move, yeah. clearly to sell your house and move. <laughs> yes, as we've already seen demonstrated in this podcast. Thank you, Nick. Yes. More power is certainly more fun. I'm a big proponent of power, but you know we've gotten into the discussion, like how much is too much? Mm -hmm. EVs bring that up constantly. Yeah, Eight, yeah. 900,000 horsepower. Like, do, you, do you need it? Are we, just, are we doing another acceleration run? Really? We're doing this again? Yeah, that's, that's where I struggle. And uh, look, I, I've, I've laughed on camera many, many times at crazy powerful cars because it, it is giggle-inducing. Mm -hmm. You get that straight, you put your foot in it, and you cannot believe the roller coaster sensation. But the number of opportunities you get to, to use that are slim. You're breaking and, speed limits at that point. Uh, almost instantly. Guaranteed. Instantly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I will tell you that the thing I derive a lot of fun from is having a product I feel like I'm using all of. Mm. And this is one of the things, the, I mean, I like small, lighter cars, which means they typically are lower powered anyway. But it's one of the things I've enjoyed about the Elise. It's one of the things I've enjoyed about the GR86, mm -hmm. the FRS when I had it. The number of times that I have got my foot to the carpet and I am wrenching everything that car gets. That was one of the reasons, watch our Prius piece we just launched. It was one of the reasons you and I are laughing so much on track in that car because it doesn't have anything else left. We did use it all. We were asking for all of it and then stuff it wasn't sure it <laughs> had. True. There is so much fun there. I think if, if you daily a car that has so much power you don't have anywhere to put your foot to the floor, I think it's kind of a waste. If you get those opportunities, they are slim, but I do understand if it's a straight road from here to the horizon, more power is nice. Or I am asks on Facebook, according to my, Mazda's dynamics engineer, Dave Coleman, Mazda keeps an Elise around as reference vehicle for steering feel. Well, if you're going to keep something around for reference. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a great one. You can't mm -hmm. make the front end as light as you can on no. any product, Miata's included. You just yeah. can't. And, and everything else has got a system that does not. No, yeah. I, yeah, I absolutely love that that's a reference vehicle. And interestingly, Jorge, a lot of car companies keep reference vehicles in their mm -hmm. studio, either for stylistic or dynamics purposes. Mm -hmm. They just never tell you what. It depends on the project yeah, that's going yeah. on, but they always have ref, uh, reference vehicles, which is very interesting. I like that Mazda keeps the Lotus and the Lotus never needs to go away. Mm -hmm. Every car company could use that as a dynamics benchmark. Even Porsche could. I I would love it if uh, <laughs> lightweight, inexpensive. Uh, Where is that must car? I, I hear you. Must I again? Yeah. Ted Theologan, party on Ted. He said, what would we say to a guy who loves driving his Miata in the Midwest, but has no Canyon experience and is nervous about mountain roads? He's driving into Laguna Seca in May for the IMSA weekend, and his friend wants to come too, but he's showing him pics of the road, and, what he, and he wants to go on Million Dollar Highway and other things, and it's scaring his friend. Uh, Ted, I, I'm unclear here. Are you both driving a Miata? Or are you both going together in your Miata? I'm a little clear on that, but I'm going to give you kind of the, the reality of this. Depending on the mountain road, Paul and I feel differently. Mm -hmm. uh, Million Dollar Highway was not as much fun for Paul as it was for me. No. He was very aware of the fact there were no guardrails. Watch our Million Dollar Highway piece with our yeah. old uh, used sports cars. And Paul was like, well, you're aware there's no guardrail. And, and, and I don't like the drop-offs. Mm -hmm, it's all bad. Yeah. I would encourage your friend to do some of the driving on some of the twisty roads because it is really hard to gauge someone else's comfort level. 
And if you have a passenger who gets nervous, it kind of ruins it for everybody. Mm. I mean, my wife doesn't have the tolerance that I do and she's my wife. And so I want to make her happy. And so sometimes we're driving on the back road to realize I got to back off. I've, 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 over the years I've refined this level between the level I want to be at and where she wants me to be. I found a middle ground that just makes her a tiny bit nervous, but she's not angry yet. That's, that's like, that's the, that is the, that is the balancing act right there. But anyway, just before anger, it's just, she, she understands that I like to drive and I'm safe, but we haven't gotten to a place where she's like, you have to stop. That's good. So, but I want to encourage your friend to do some of the driving. I'm also going to say, do some of the most questionable roads, both directions, because one way you're close to the edge and the other way you're farther away. And just Pick a speed that everybody's comfortable with because I guarantee in a Miata, you're going to be going even at, at slow speeds faster than most RVs. Oh, yeah. So yeah, just yeah. get out and just find the speed that is enjoyable with just a little bit of, <gasps> not much, just a <laughs> tiny bit, just a tiniest bit. That's right. Just figure out what'll make your friend angry and back it off. Back a it off a step. Brad D on Facebook asks me, what do I do to store my Cayman? Brad's Cayman is covered, tank full, on the tender, and tires pumped up. <laughs> he reads on forums that say not to start it until you get it out in the springtime. I disagree. I okay. think that car should be started as much as possible. I do admit to using tire, tire cradles. Yes, you do. But this winter is proving so far to not be quite as severe as last mm -hmm, winter. Mm -hmm. But regardless, you should fire that baby up. You should start the car, I think. It, and cars like to be started. Engines mm -hmm. like to run. Mm -hmm. They don't like to sit, especially Porsches. They don't like to sit. Mm -hmm. You need to drive it if you can. If there's a clear, cold day. Now, you have to respect temperatures because... 45 degrees and under is really not good for high-performance sports car tires. True, yes. I admit to doing it though, and I do it with, you know, judicious, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not taking the corners as fast as I usually do. I'm, not. I'm not going as fast as I usually am, but I feel like it's better for those, the, the engine to be warmed up yeah, and the car yeah. run and get some exercise rather than sitting for three, six months, mm -hmm, somewhere mm -hmm. in there. And then finally starting it up again, that engine needs to be started and run we're hoping to get our cars out more this yes, winter. We hope, hope so. that happens, and I'm trying. I mean, I got to drive it all the way through uh, New Year's Day. Well, I can't believe we have very little snow this year, but January is when things start to really hit, and we are getting there based on the forecast. So there will be snow coming. Peter, are you there? Ask a question. I cannot believe the answer to this. He said, given Paul's detailing proclivities, and there are many, mm -hmm. he was surprised at the photo you, po you posted about the battery tenders that you don't put a towel underneath the battery tender wire when it runs over the paint. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because you know who does? I do. <laughs> I cannot believe that. <laughs> Why am I the one putting a towel? I just, I, yes. the 300ZX, the Lotus, yes. the, when I, I put a towel under that I cord. usually do, and I didn't this time. <laughs> it's fine. And I'm actually not judging you. I'm just excited to be on the right side of the equation for once. <laughs> I laid it super gently I on. I understand. I didn't like rub it back and forth no, trying to find yeah. its position in the paint. Like, <laughs> where's the groove? It goes there. I laid it as gently as, as I could. I was just, I had to bring it up because it may be the only time ever somebody's recommended something detailing and I do it and you don't. I was shocked. <laughs> it's never happened before, ever. Guys, thank you for all your questions. Write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com for all your Topic Tuesdays, your car conclusions, and most of all your car debates. We really enjoy hearing yeah. from you. We enjoy it when it's you drop us a line, you're thinking of us. And uh, yeah, we're, we're your car friends. We really appreciate it. Looking forward to next time. As always, cheers, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>